What's up, everyone? This is Chris the Heat Matthews, the host of the WrestleGeddon podcast. And I want to tell you about Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast, and they give you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Oh yeah! What you gonna do, brother? New WWF figures got the power. Dad, is my turn yet? It's only been ten minutes. It's been four hours. What's up with that? Oh my god! Hey yo! Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we are still coming down off that high that was NXT TakeOver Portland. We have new NXT Tag Team Champions in the Broserweights. Charlotte versus Ripley is officially happening for WrestleMania. And without further ado, I'm Chris the Heat Matthews. He's Garrett G. Money Mun, and you're listening to episode 30 of the freshly squeezed WrestleGeddon Podcast. So, what is happening? Yeah, not a whole lot. We got a lot of action happen, a lot of figure news that's going to take up most of the time, but we're going to get through it together. That we are. New York Toy Fair kicked off this weekend. Um, we're actually recording. It's Friday the 22nd. New York Toy Fair started today. <clears throat> but before we get into that, <clears throat> as always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Pod with two Ds, Twitter at Pod with one D, because... We all know that uh, Twitter can't handle two Ds. Also, like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash WrestleGeddonPod to stay up to date on all the happenings with the show. And I misspelled happenings in our note, and it says gappenings. Love it. <laughs> uh, let's see, a little bit of follow-up to last week's news about the Network Spotlight series ending. Um, apparently, according to uh, Steve from Mattel, um, who you can follow him at Action Figure Attack on Instagram and Twitter, uh, apparently the Network Spotlight series is only supposed to last two waves. Uh, it was just a means for them to get in certain figures like Wendy Richter and the Matt Hardy Ultimate Deletion figure. Um, but there is there was never any long-term plans for that line at all. But we did find out today what is replacing that, and we'll get to that a little later. I'm super excited about it. I, I can't wait because there's a bunch of figures in that line that I want to pick up. It's awesome. So, um, With that being said, let's jump into the news. Well, hotline fans, I have got a hotline rumor for you. The number, what's the number? Let me call the number. In the Hulkster's hotline, you may do so by dialing one 900 hulk all right, so let's kick it off with some Ring of Honor news. Uh, Ring of Honor is replacing the Women of Honor Championship with a Women's World Championship. So there'll be a 16-woman tournament to start to crown a new 
uh, Ring of Honor Women's World Champion. Um, that will start on April 24th. Uh, Sumi Sakai has officially been announced as the first participant, uh, if you remember correctly. Uh, Sumi won the first uh, 16-woman tournament to be crowned the first Women of Honor Champion. So, so here's my question. Is there not a Women of Honor Champion right now? There is. So um, are they just kind of be like, oh, I know you earned this, but uh, we're doing a new title, so you're going to have to earn that one. Pretty much. Well, fucked up, man. Pretty much. No. It's fucked up. But I think the transition from going, Ring of Honor's transitioning from having the Women of Honor, which you didn't see the women's division on Ring of Honor that frequently, to having the Women's World Championship. I think with Marty involved in this, they're looking to build a stronger women's division. And I think this is the first step into going in the right direction with that. Second step would be fixing the damn TV show so it's not highlights. Uh, let's jump into some Hall of Fame news. Uh, tonight on SmackDown, it was announced that the Bella Twins are officially being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so excited for that. Um, but it was announced, rumored, that the British Bulldog is finally being added to the Hall of Fame this year. Um, there's nothing confirmed yet, but um, his son, D.H. Smith, uh, did appear recently on WWE's The Bump. So this may be an indicator that the inaugural inaugural first ever European champion is Hall of Fame bound. What's your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, he definitely deserved it. I mean, he should have, I feel like he should have been there a while ago, but I mean, that's just me personally. Long, long time coming. Yeah. Um, so. Definitely should have been inducted before Coco Beware. But uh, that's just personal opinion. I did like Coco Beware as a kid. But, I mean, overall talent, British Bulldogs should have been inducted first. Uh, let's see. WWE possibly moving away from scripted promos. I've seen this on a couple news outlets. Um, basically, what they're saying is that Rollins' promo from Monday night wasn't as scripted as some other promos have been in the past. Honestly, this can do nothing but to help the talent and let them actually progress their characters naturally instead of being like heavily micromanaged and being consistently told, constantly told what to say like every time they get a mic in their hands. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it gives um, the wrestlers more opportunity to show their... Um like on-screen mic abilities, which I think will be good for some, probably bad for others. But I think the ones that will be bad for it really won't matter because they'll have another mouthpiece that does it for them. Um, like, per example, would be like kind of like how Nakamura is right now. I mean, granted, a lot of that has to do with him not speaking the greatest English, but having Sami Zayn as his mouthpiece definitely helps uh, his character. The thing with this, too, it really harkens back to, you know, like the 80s, 90s, up to like the Attitude Era, because we didn't really start getting these heavily scripted promos until like we progressed through like the Ruthless Aggression period. Um, you know, had guys like Austin and The Rock, um, Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man. These promos weren't scripted. They were just given bullet points, and they had to make sure that they touched on those bullet points 
um, throughout their through their promo. Everything else was all them. And you see how well that that had progressed with those characters um, once they're given free reign. And I think some of the talent now, like Rollins, the New Day, um, some of the the higher, the bigger talent, um, Paul Heyman, they're not as scripted as some of the the undercard talent is. But I think just letting these guys progress naturally and let them have you know some sort of mic skill or even showcase what they can do on the mic maybe better for them. All right. Let's get into the figure news now. A long list of figures. A long list. Uh, We got a first look Wednesday night during Dynamite of the new AEW figures. There's actually a a rep from uh, Jazzwares showing off the figures of Kenny Omega, uh, who does come with his entrance gear. We saw the Young Bucks, Cody with a sledgehammer, uh, there's also a figure of Brandy, and we had Jericho with the belt. So I'm assuming that these will be the first figures of the first series of AEW's Unrivaled set. Be pretty cool. What also shown was a basic ring and a scaled ring. So I'm pretty excited about these. The face sculpts with more pictures that have, that have come out. The, the sculpts on these, the face sculpts are amazing. We got double jointed elbows, which Mattel's basic elites are lacking, but the ultimates aren't. So these guys, so pretty much looks like the AEW figures are more in line with the ultimate elites. So pretty psyched about that. Hopefully they're in scale with Mattel too. Me too. Uh, as we stated earlier, New York Toy Fair started today. We had some leaks. I won't say really leaks, but we had some press releases announced. Um, we are seeing the return of the WWE Legends line from Mattel. This will be Series 7, and it will be a Target exclusive, uh, which is going to include Bobby the Brain Heenan in a weasel suit. Really excited about that one. Uh, we have Sting. In his early crow appearance, Razor Ramon in a blue and gold, and Greg the Hammer Valentine, who will come, actually it was not shown on him, but he will come with a cloth goods robe. And Razor, of course, has his vest. Hopefully we get a trench coat with Sting, but um, we'll see. Hopefully they'll show some more at a toy fair this weekend. Um, Walmart is getting an exclusive set as well, which will be a two-series set, 10 figures total. It's called the Decade of Dominance. Uh, the first five figures for this set, Series 1, is going to include the much-anticipated and requested Nation of Domination, Mark Henry. We're getting a <clears throat> a flashback Natalia uh, with the Divas title. So I'm assuming that's from when she first won the Divas title. Um, debut Undertaker. And what looks to be a debut Randy Orton, who will also have an interchangeable head and hands. And we're getting a Doctor of Thugonomics, John Cena. Which I'm sure, uh, I'm sure uh, John Cena Smith will be super happy. I'm about sure that. he will. Him and his uh, his padlock and his chain that he found, you know, back of a Raw arena. So um, we had <clears throat> shown off the first um, Ultimate Five: um, Becky Lynch and John Cena. Becky looks awesome. The Cena. It's pretty much Cena with, you know, more articulation. Um, 
Um, Elite Collection Series 77, The Fiend. We saw a render of that. Um, digital render. So hopefully we'll see a prototype image put on display this weekend. Or at least a prototype put on display this weekend. But we're not too sure of what's going on yet. Since, you know, Toy Fair just initially kicked off today. Uh, Battle Pack Series 65. We're showing the Hardys, Mustafa Ali and Kevin Owens. And Velveteen Dream and Ricochet. Really psyched about that Velveteen figure. It looks freaking awesome. So, like, it's got his uh, takeover attire from when he wrestled Ricochet, obviously. So, it's like the, the red and yellow, like, Hollywood Hogan, like, Prince Puma-themed uh, Ricochet tight. So, it would be pretty awesome. Um, Basic Series 107 was shown as well. So, with The Rock, Bianca Belair, EC3, Shinsuke Nakamura, which will be the chase. Um, he'll be available in both red and blue. And Braun Strowman. We had Series 108 on display as well, which um, has AJ Styles, who is the chase for that line. Um, I believe it's black and red for him. Roman Reigns and Aleister Black. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, now, some interesting pre-orders have gone up today, too. <coughs> Damn. Um, Triple H in China 2-pack. Elite 2-pack at Triple H in China. That's awesome. No images shown yet. Uh, I'm not. It looks like it's going to be a DX style, um, which Should is cool. No, so, so we're kind of we're staying away from like scary debut China and just go just going to ignore that and just completely go DX China. So um, Ultimate Elite Series Five, which of course is again Becky Lynch and John Cena. Uh, Basic 107 is up for pre-order as well. 108, which also includes. Angela Dawkins and Montez Ford. First time in line figures for them. Unfortunately, they are basics, but hey, beggars can't be choosers. Uh, Basic 109 is up for pre-order as well, which includes Becky Lynch, Seth Rollins, Lana, Undertaker, and Ricochet. So we're getting two, two women in this line. And then, like I said, Battle Pack 65, Hardy's Ricochet and Dream, um, Owens and Ali. So those are what's up for pre-orders now, ringside collectibles. There may be two women in that line, but no one gives a fuck about Lana. No. Nope. If any indicator, because the last figure that came out pegged warm shelves right up until Toys R Us went out of business. I picked up that figure for a dollar off of Amazon. And it's the only reason why I bought it is because I needed Lana to go with my Rusev. So. Which now you don't need anymore because they're not together anymore, technically. Nope. So now I got to get Lashley it. to go with my Lana. <laughs> Jesus. Uh. Which, which probably won't happen because I probably will not buy a Lashley figure. Though. Uh, nope. <laughs> uh, so that is going to round out the news um, with that. But um, they did show images of Elite 76. Um, so we finally saw full images of Tucker and Otis. They both come with their entrance vests, and they come with their little cardboard YOLO County Tag Team Championships. Which are great. <laughs> it's just amazing, amazing figures. They look phenomenal. Um, Lacey Evans' new Elite looks fantastic. Um, Christian will be the chase in that set, so he's got the, um, the white puffy shirt, and then the chase, I believe, is the black. And he does come with a little gauntlet, too, or a little goblet. So, pretty psyched about that figure. It's going to look awesome next to uh, the debut Edge figure that, that we've gotten. So. 
So you got any thoughts? Anything that was shown? Or? Awesome, awesome stuff. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff shown. Um, <clears throat> definitely looking forward to uh, getting me a uh, American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. So uh, yeah, yeah, I'm really, I'm really hoping to see more of these AEW figures. Hopefully, there's some that they haven't shown yet that we'll see on display. Um, I'm really psyched about those. Oh, one thing I did forget to mention: we are getting a Reckon Slambulance. So we're getting a scale size ambulance finally in a wrestling figure line. Amazing, yeah. amazing stuff, guys! Awesome. <laughs> Lots of cool stuff coming from Mattel, from Jazzwares. Say AEW should <clears throat> do like battle packs. Man, all the packs. fucking tag teams they have. Man, it'd be easier. I, I think that might be, be their, way easier to get the figures out and might be their best bet with those tag teams. Like, yeah. So maybe do like SCU to like Frankie and. Um, Scorpio Sky is a two pack and put Daniels in the regular base, like the regular single. Do like Lucha Bros that way. Lucha Bros would be awesome. So. Uh, I don't know how they private do Private Party. Uh, private Party. Oh, figures of Private Party would be awesome. Yeah. Lucha Express. Jurassic Express. I'm going to say, though, if they, make, if they make a, a thing with Private Party, though, first of all, they'd have to have like a little like. They need they ropes. They come with like ropes. Yeah. They yeah. have to have the ropes. Mm hmm. I'm really looking forward to the Luchasaurus figure, though. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, he's probably, like, the most... Besides Pentagon and Phoenix, Luchasaurus has got to be the most toyetic superstar that AEW has right now. Absolutely. And then, I mean, you know, whenever they make Orange Cassidy, because, you know, be the first figure you can actually put their hands in their pocket, because, I mean, they have to. You can't, you can't yeah. make the figure without doing that. I mean, it's, it defeats the purpose of making the figure. <laughs> Oh, man, if I do not get an Orange Cassidy that his hands go in his pockets, I'm going to be outraged. But in that same aspect, I'm going to be super happy because I'm getting an Orange Cassidy action figure. That's very true. Freshly squeezed, baby. <laughs> he just better come with some, like, hands that do, like, the, the small little thumbs up he does. Oh, that'd be awesome. I think they do have interchangeable hands, though, because the images of Kenny Omega, there's a couple different images floating around of him with, like, doing the gun fingers on both hands and then there's one hand that is just a regular hand and one you know they showed like one hand regular and one hand doing the gun pose gotcha so so hopefully they do have interchangeable hands that would be cool 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 stuff really looking forward to that and we'll, of course we'll have more more info on next week's edition once uh, Toy Fair has wrapped up over this weekend so pretty much everything we got Today was just the uh, preview stuff that people were snapping pics of, and um, some press releases from Mattel. But <clears throat> I'm really psyched about that Legends line coming back. That was a great line up until it ended through a Maddie Collector through Series Six, um, which of course had Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, um, Andre the Giant, Diamond Dallas Page, King Kong Bundy were some of the last figures that we got from that set. So pretty excited. Well, uh, that's going to wrap up the news and the figure news. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with our Get in the Ring segment where we're going to run down the happenings from over the last week. What sucked, what didn't suck. Um, all that fun stuff. So stay tuned and we will be right back. What's up, WrestleGeddon podcast fans? This is Rose with Bright Rose Events, here to announce we have a new subscription box for all your tingling sensations. 
check out www.cratejoy.com and research dates in a box. Even wrestling fans need love too. And so you can get your wrestle on with the one you love. Have a date night delivered to your house every month for you and that special someone. That's www.cratejoy.com. Searching dates in a box. All right, we are back. So let's get in the ring. over Portland nothing short of anything that you would expect from a takeover event probably the one of the best takeovers to date I might say so really there then there's usually we get what like five matches on the takeover there's actually six we had an extra match this time around like the every match was great there was some like um, Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox had some ups and downs in there, but overall it was pretty good. But, um, you know, kicking off the show, which really set the pace for the show, Keith Lee defending the North American Championship against Donovan Dijakovic. Phenomenal match. I mean, that's what these guys do. Um, I would definitely say, though, like, it gets kind of old because this is, what, the fifth time wrestling each other? I mean, I'm not saying, like, it's bad because they still put on great matches, but, like, they're still the same two people wrestling each other. That's why I complain about Gargano and Ciampa and well, I mean, Owens and Zayn wrestling. I mean, I can't. Because so. <laughs> guess what? We're getting Dijakovic and Keith Lee again pretty soon, too. I'm not going to complain because some of that, that, uh, that Spanish fly off the top rope. Amazing. Awesome. Keith Lee sitting in the freaking announcer's chair and, and Donovan, you know, doing the suicide dive off, off the of the ring onto him in the chair. It's awesome. like, Jesus, man. Like, those two left everything in there. And like I said, they set the pace for the rest of the night. So, like, once you get a good opening match, um, obviously, like we had with Lee and Dijakovic, like, you really can't go down from that. And it's... Pretty much everyone's gonna like want to one up that previous match and make their match to stand out. So, but um, you know Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox was actually a really good match. There were some spots in that were kind of a little off, but overall it was a great matchup. Um, we did have um Raquel Gonzalez who debuted. Uh, if you're not familiar with her, she actually wrestled under Reina Gonzalez. Um, she competed in the May Young Classic this um, last year. And she has one hell of a clothesline. Like, she, her clothesline is only second to JBL's clothesline. I mean, that, that's how freaking awesome her clothesline is. So, um, you know, granted, it was, it was one of those, like, cricket debuts where, like, everybody's like, who the hell are you type of thing. Um, yep, that is for sure. I know who she is. I'm a fan of Reina Gonzalez. I follow her on Instagram, follow her on Twitter. 
Um, I was a fan when I saw her wrestle in the Mae Young Classic. So, <clears throat> phenomenal. She's a great talent, though. But it, I think having her debut during that TakeOver match, I think it was kind of a, a wasted opportunity for her. Especially with the the direction that they went on NXT with her and Dakota Kai talking. Um, basically saying, saying she's tired of getting opportunities, you know, not getting opportunities, being passed by. So she says she's done. She's taking what she wants, all this other stuff. <clears throat> Whereas we're kind of hoping that, like you and I talked about her maybe being a part of the Robert Stone brand. Being revealed to be part of that, you know, and he sent her out there to try to recruit Dakota Kai into joining the brand as well. But unfortunately, that did not happen. So. Did not indeed. <laughs> uh, what else we had? Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano was a great matchup. Of course, we saw Finn pick up the win for that. Uh, very technical and the standard type of match you would get from Finn Balor and Johnny Gargano. Great match there. Um, Ripley and Bianca Belair. Um, of course, Ripley retained. <clears throat> the more I see Bianca now, and the more that she's had a chance to express herself a little bit more and add herself into her character, she's starting to grow on me. Like, and I've very I've been outspoken of how much of a not a fan of Bel Air I am. And just like her entrance just annoys me. Like the whole skip to the ring, twirling her hair, you know, blown kisses and smacking her ass. Like it's it's like high school shit. But hopefully, you know, they'll progress her away from that type of entrance. Maybe something a little more serious. But the way she's carried herself on the mic the last few weeks, especially, you know, before TakeOver with her in the ring with Ripley and Charlotte, just going back and forth with the two of them. <clears throat> and then her uh, promo this past Wednesday on NXT. Like, she's actually, she's she's growing on me. So. Got you. Uh yeah, so it was funny. I, I didn't. I don't think I told you about it uh, on that uh, up, up, down, down thing. Where she was on there. She was talking about a bunch of stuff. She was kind of talking about how uh, the uh, like hair whip st- started, and apparently, <laughs> like, it wasn't even something she wanted to do. Apparently, like, that's just how she keeps her hair, or whatever. And apparently, she just like acts. I don't remember who it was. She wh- she hit. She hit someone that's like popular on the show too, and she just like accidentally hit him, and it made this like whipping sound. Like, it wasn't even on purpose. <laughs> and then, like, it just stuck, and she just went with it. So. Well, and some of the some of the best things that have come out of wrestling have been on accident. So. Yep. I mean, but that's pretty cool. Like, like I said, she's, she's a phenomenal talent. Like, I've, I've said that before. You know, she her strength is impressive. Her athleticism is impressive. I never once downplayed her in-ring ability. It's just the character. Gotcha. It's pretty much what it is. You know, the in-ring ability is a big thing, but the character is another thing, too. Which, by the way, if, if you guys don't know, she makes all of her own ring gear, too. She does. Huge props for that. Especially her takeover gear was phenomenal. Like, if her if she gets an elite figure, her first elite definitely needs to be that takeover gear. That was, that was amazing. So, um, After that match, Charlotte attacked Ripley. Um, which pretty much Charlotte had accepted Ripley's challenge, so it is set for WrestleMania. Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley. 
What does this do for the NXT Women's Championship? Puts it over the top, makes it on par with the rest of the brands, which is how, how NXT is right now. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's plenty of people on the main roster they don't talk about that wants to go to the NXT because they're not doing shit on the main roster. They don't like what they're doing on the main roster because NXT is the brand to watch. The big thing with this, too, apparently this was all Vince. Oh, that's surprising. This was Vince's idea. Because, like, they didn't, after um, TakeOver, Triple H was asked about it. And he said, you know, believe it or not, Vince was the one that actually came up with the idea of having Charlotte challenge Ripley. Interesting. You know, he's like, you know, you can have her go against Becky again. You can have her go against Bailey. But, you know, why not do something fresh and have her go after the NXT title? Gotcha. Which sets up Shayna and Becky and then Bailey and whoever. This is coming from the same guy who won't let Ripley get upper body tattoos. Same yeah, I, that's mostly like their merchandising agreements and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Because <clears throat> they had the... Uh, just remember, like, Paige was trying to get... She finally got that tattoo she wanted across her chest. Correct. Like, she was trying to get that for a while. It's one of the few episodes of Total Divas I actually caught where... um gay. Yeah. <laughs> where she was talking about trying to get that tattoo, and, you know, Creative kept telling her no because she was, you know, still wrestling at the time. But now that she's not, like, an actual on-air talent, you know, wrestling, things like that, she was able to get the tattoo that she wanted, but... You know, it's it happens, but the thing is, though, once they get it approved, you know, if they get it approved, like, because you see, like, Randy Orton disappears, you know, goes out with an injury, and he's gone for, like, six months, and he comes back with, like, full arm sleeves. Oh, I mean, I don't understand the difference between letting, you know, one of your male competitors, the you know, get a whole bunch of tattoos. The same thing then, with Finn. Like, Finn came yeah. back to NXT and had the whole <clears> tattoo, tattoo on, on his, his hand. hand. Yep. So, no, I don't get it. But same with Owens. Else? Yeah. So. Oh, uh, let's see. Broserweights defeated the Undisputed Era to become your new tag team champions. That was a great matchup too. The uh, I I love the like the golf cart entrance thing. That oh, was so great. Oh my god. That <laughs> and the. <clears throat> how much? Fish could Bobby Fish fry. If Bobby Fish could fry fish. <laughs> that was great. That was a great matchup. I don't... Like, for two guys who have never tagged together, they gel and mesh so well. Yeah. Like, the in-ring chemistry between the two of them is, just, is phenomenal. Um, Adam Cole retained over Ciampa in a... Uh, Surprising way, um, with Gargano turning on Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, pretty much, you know, sliding the belt into Ciampa. As soon as he went to grab it, Gargano pulled it off the ring and then blasted him in the head with it. Yep. Um, so, which means we are not done with Gargano and Ciampa. No, Hashtag fight forever. Fight forever. <laughs> uh, let's see. So, let's take over. Uh, SmackDown, the really biggest thing that came out of SmackDown last week was, you know, um, poor Otis not getting his date with Mandy Rose, which we got explanation on that tonight um, on this week's edition of SmackDown, which essentially was that, you know, was it Mandy got a text that he was running late 
So Otis, so Otis got a text from Mandy supposedly that she was running late last week, and apparently that 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 was something she never sent or whatever. They didn't really like go into it, but basically Tucker like stood up for Otis to Mandy, saying blah blah blah, and then Sonia was trying to say that uh, Dolph Ziggler's a more Mandy Rose type person than Otis. So basically what it is, is I guarantee you that it's going to come out that Sonya was the one that sent the text message to Otis. Yep. Well, I mean, it's either Sonya or it's Dolph. I mean, Dolph doesn't make as much sense, though. I think it's it's Sonya. Because they've been, like, low-key playing this, like, angle where, like, Sonya is, like, you can tell by her body language and, like, her motions... That she's in love with Mandy. Yeah. But it hasn't really... It hasn't been brought to the forefront yet. Or she hasn't said anything about it. And she... Like, Mandy just doesn't notice. So I think that's what's going to be... Maybe that'll end up playing something into it as well. But... Who knows? Uh, Yeah, SmackDown. Uh, Monday Night Raw. Rollins... This whole Rollins Messiah thing is amazing. Like th- this is like the the heel Rollins that we deserve, <laughs> and the fact that we get AOP back on TV in the in this role with Rollins and Murphy being added to the group, you know, telling like Murphy get the rub from Rollins and being in like all these segments, main event segments with Rollins like every week. Not to mention being you know tag team champion with Seth Rollins. Think of how much this is doing for Murphy's career right now. You know, usually <clears throat> when there's a, a person who changes their name from one name to another name, you usually call him by their actual name. You call him Buddy Murphy. You just call him the whole name. That's his name. Just because <laughs> they change it to Murphy don't mean shit. It's still Buddy Murphy. It's well, just like this shit ain't Shorty G. It's Chad Gable. Well, I, ain't, I refuse. I, I refuse to call him. I don't him. have a problem calling him Murphy. Because <laughs> Murphy actually sounds cool. And, like, you can shorten it to Murph. Murph. Like, which is cool, too. Shorty G is just stupid <laughs> shit that, like, it's like, what was it? Um, Slam Master J. Slam. What they did to poor, poor Jesse oh, uh, when they broke up him and Festus. And that's not Festus, really. <laughs> Man. Luke Gallows has come a long way since Festus. Oh, Let me yeah. tell you. <laughs> oh. You just, you just can't. But um, outside of the Rollins, um, the promo that he had, all that, and then the, we had another, like, six-man tag match, some shit as main event on Rogan. There was um, actually a pretty pretty standout match for me was Alistair Black and Eric Rowan. We finally got Rowan wrestling someone that's non-enhancement talent, not a jobber, in Alistair Black. Since Rowan's been on Raw, that's pretty much all he's wrestled has been local jobbers. And we got a really good match, really hard-hitting back-and-forth matchup between the two of them, which was great. Yep. No, For sure, for sure. Since they've dropped that whole stupid knock-on-my-door shit with... Alistair Black and actually you know him you know like I'm just gonna go pick a fight with whoever I want to like him and Rowan actually had a great match I enjoyed it 
Then um, I mean, I may have enjoyed it if I actually watched Raw. <laughs> I can't get I can't get myself behind watching. It's Raw been anymore. it's been better, a little bit better, not a whole lot better, but it's it's been better. I mean, outside of Rollins, like. I guess. I like the stuff, you know, I like the fact that they brought up Angel Garza. Um, essentially just as a placeholder for Andrade, just to keep Zelina Vega on TV, pretty much. Um, the feud between, with him and Umberto has been great. And then, you know, if we're possibly, you know, there's been some leaked, rumored matchups for WrestleMania. And if we're getting a fatal four-way match for the U.S. title with Andrade, Angel, Umberto, and Mysterio... I mean, I'm all down for that. I'm down for them keeping Angel on TV and keeping this thing going with Umberto and Mysterio and bringing back Andrade. I think it's going to be a hell of a matchup if it actually happens. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Uh, Let's see. We got some more with uh, Ricochet being number one contender. I'm going into Super Showdown next week, so... Good stuff there, but um, we're going to move off from Raw and get into um, NWA Circled Squared, yep. which uh, was a pretty awesome tag team match with uh, Luke and PJ Hawks uh, taking on Tyson Dean and Jeff Lewis Neal, who's name, managed by Nikita Koloff. His name's too long. It is. Yeah. Never trust a man with three first names. <laughs> three. Jeff Lewis Neal. <laughs> Three he first said it names, like three dude. Three times in his promo, too. Three first names. Crazy. But uh, it was it was a really good matchup between yeah. the two of them. And basically, essentially, you can go to NWA's website and you can vote on which team gets a contract to NWA. Just based off of that matchup we watched. But um next week, well, actually first, they did announce the date for the Crockett Cup, which will be April 19th, and the location for that as well. Um, but next week we're getting Molina versus Thunder Rosa. They actually made that official. I guess Molina does have the power to sanction matches. She does indeed. So, Molina got all types of power. <laughs> Which, uh, I mean, look at her. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's next week. Um, NXT this week was actually pretty solid. We got the Cruiserweight Championship on the line between... Leo Rush and Jordan Devlin. That was a great match. Kicking off NXT. Amazing matchup. Um, Of course, Devlin did retain. Uh, Bianca Belair uh, interrupted uh, Chelsea Green's re-debut under the Robert Stone brand. Since uh, they don't count the week before. Um, Basically came out talking about Charlotte, you know. You know, her, you don't go here type thing. But since you put your hands on me, I'm going to whoop that ass. Whoop that ass. You know, it was a great short break to the point promo. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if Bianca shows up on Raw Monday night. Maybe we'll get a match with them at uh, at Elimination Chamber. Maybe. Be pretty cool to see. It would be. And main event, Roderick Strong, finally, and Velveteen Dream. Great matchup. Um, Velveteen had on the uh, the jumper that he wore a while ago that they just released 
Um, was Elite 72? Yep. The figure for Elite 72 had on. Um, towards the end of the match, actually took the jumper off. And front and back, Marina's face. Right on the crotch, <laughs> right on the ass. Uh, sent Roddy off, uh, prompted Undisputed Era to hit the ring. Um, Velveteen did pick up the win, but ended up getting beat down by Undisputed Era after the match. And so it was a great matchup. Great to see. Great to have Velveteen back. It definitely was missed on NXT. So, that for sure. <clears throat> um, AEW kicked off with a tag team number one contender battle royal. Which was won by Matt Jackson. Man, he he fucking owned that match, especially, especially the towards end. the end. Oh yeah, definitely. God. I was kind of hoping um, Lucha um, Jurassic Express was going to take it since him and um, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy were still in that match for quite a while. Yeah, they were. So, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, Matt ended up eliminating um, Pride and Powerful by himself. No. Um, it was like, right on, brother. Right on. Right on. So we're going to get uh, the Young Bucks taking on the team of Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. Uh, another interesting note for that match, Raven was actually spotted in the crowd um, as SCU had attacked the Dark Order after SCU was eliminated. So a lot of speculation that Raven may possibly be the exalted one. I've got no complaints with that. I don't either. <laughs> I mean, he, uh, if you go back and watch it, uh, he's, like, basically sitting, like, right behind where Evo Uno and the other guy that was on the mic were sitting. I don't even know who that guy is. I don't either. Like, I don't even know where the fuck that guy came from. <laughs> it's like, they just brought him in, and, like, he was doing, like, all the little infomercials and stuff for him, and then all of a sudden he's like, because he hasn't been, like, he, does, he doesn't accompany them to the ring at all. Like, the last few weeks that the Dork Order's been on there, he hasn't been out there at all. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, like during this tag team battle royal, there he's there, like front and center. You know, I don't know. I'm still going with Christopher Daniels as the exalted one. Because where was he during this battle royal? Why wasn't he at ringside? Very good question. And like, and when they started brawling with the Dark Order last week and this week, where was Daniels? Daniels wasn't there. So, who knows? That's my theory. We'll figure it out. But either way, um, Daniels will definitely be the um, obvious choice, but I'm cool with Raven. Um, uh, we had uh, John Moxley take on Jeff Cobb. <clears throat> um, honestly, I kind of fell asleep through some of this stuff. Oh, so. <laughs> oh, Skater Boy, whatever his name. I'm sure he jizzed his pants when his his favorite boy, Darby Allen came out there with his his sick tricks and his skateboard beat the shit out of everybody with the skateboard. <laughs> Holy shit. Are y'all hating on goddamn Darby Allen? Oh, man. He came out there with that skateboard and his, his neato tricks and beat the shit out of everybody with it. What we did learn, when Nyla Rose gets hungry, she breaks bitches. <laughs> oh. It was actually, it was, it was, I thought it was a decent promo from Nyla. Yeah. Um, I mean, that line, that was kind of corny, you know. What happens when I get hungry? I break bitches. Like, so, yeah, it okay. was corny, but like, okay. it kind of feed, Got the point across, the um, which then prompted out Chris Statlander, uh, who went to boop her nose, but ended up booping the titles. <laughs> so, 
and then the big swall came out. So, um, honestly, two solid contenders for Nala Rose between Big Swall and, and Chris Statlander. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. I think um, Chris Statlander is going to be the better choice, but um, I can see uh, Mrs. Cedric Alexander, Big Swall, um, going against Nyla and giving her a run for her money. But you didn't know that, did you? I did know that, actually. Yeah. Right on, right on, right on. Oh, <laughs> uh, what else? Cody and Wardlow in the steel cage. Uh, Wardlow, for being a dude his size, hit a pretty phenomenal senton. Yeah, it was really good. And that, then, that match was really, really good. And then Cody with that backflip off the off the top, the Which, moonsault um, off the top of the skate. Note, cage, by the so. way, apparently he fractured one of his toes after he landed. Um, but apparently he'll be fine. Damn. Yeah, apparently. I uh, he Follow him on Instagram, posted a picture. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Damn. I do like the cage. Oh yeah, it's very reminiscent cool. of the W of like the WCW cage. You know, at least, at least my opinion, I quite enjoyed it. The whole overall look was pretty cool, like how it just like kind of sat down around the ring and then sit on top of the apron like WWE's cage does, or you know the traditional steel cage. So it kind of gave you a little leeway outside the ring, kind of like the, you know the Hell in the Cell. Um, but it was cool. And it was a great matchup. AEW's first steel cage match, and it was a, a phenomenal steel cage. So um, that's um, your weekly wrap-up, your weekly roundup, I should say. Um, Super Showdown is next Thursday. Um, so we will actually have results for that when we record next week. Um, but we're going to give you the little breakdown of what's happening on Super Showdown. Um, of course, we've got both... The Universal and the WWE Championship on the line. Uh, Brock Lesnar will defend against Ricochet. And then The Fiend will defend against Goldberg for their respective titles. Um, Brock and Ricochet, I think, is going to be a pretty good matchup. I don't see Ricochet winning the title at all since we're going into um, WrestleMania with Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar. Which I think Drew McIntyre is going to take the title from Lesnar at Mania. But either way, it should be a solid matchup between the two of them. Um, And I definitely don't see Fiend um, losing the title to Goldberg. Yeah, I would say that. I mean, the thing with going back to Brock, though, too, is anytime he gets in the ring with some of these, like, high-talented, like, smaller guys, seem to always be, like, the better matches. Like, him and Styles is really good. Him and Finn was really good. Him and Punk. Him and Punk is really good. So, like, these smaller, like, more athletic guys seem to put on a better match with Brock. And I'm sure that probably a lot of it has to do with, like, Brock wants to work with these guys. I think, yeah, I think a lot of it, too. Like, I think Brock really is at the point in his career where he can say, where he can just walk up to Vince, you know, like, yo, I want to work with, you know, AJ Styles. Or, you know, I want to work with Ricochet or CM Punk or Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe. <clears throat> you know, I want to work with these guys, and I think we can do some pretty awesome stuff. I mean, I think the one person I don't think he really wanted to work with was uh, was John Moxley, um, based off that interview that he did with uh, Austin, where Moxley pretty much said that every time he came up with an idea for Lesnar, Lesnar shot it down. So I think he's probably one of the few people he didn't want really want to work with. So. You know who he really doesn't want to work with? 
Matt Riddle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Bro. Bro. Oh, man. So we've got um, tag team titles, the Raw and SmackDown tag titles will be on the line. Um, the Raw tag team champions, Seth Rollins and Murph, will defend against the Street Profits. And the New Day will defend against will defend the SmackDown tag titles against Miz and Morrison. I can see the Street Profits pulling off a win. I really hope they do. That would be pretty awesome. <clears throat> but it, the other thing that kind of interests me too is the Street Profits made the save Monday night. They did. So you've got Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe. You've got the War Raiders. And now you have the Street Profits. All going up against um, pretty much Rollins' new order. So, are we gonna? Is Rollins gonna bolster his ranks? Are we gonna see more people added to Rollins? We very well may. Colt. We'll have to do? wait and see and hope for the best. I mean, I'm down with that as long as it makes sense. And they're not just like randomly. Throwing people in there like WCW did with the NWO back in the day. Which, I don't care. I still love the NWO. But you really didn't need guys like Virgil, a.k.a. Soul Train Jones. And and some of these other guys in there that really did nothing. Um, The Acolyte, which was a Bruce the Barber Beefcake. Yeah, they didn't need to be in there. um, Let's see. We've got the... Now, New Day versus Ms. Morrison, that could go either way for me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I could see it going either way. I, I feel like, though, I feel like the better draw for WrestleMania would be New Day and the Usos. Um, but I could see Ms. and Morrison taking them anyway. It's a toss-up for me. I could go, literally go. It's 50-50. Like, it's... Take what you want. <laughs> One of them's going to win. Yeah. I, I think New Day retains over over Miz and Morrison. Just seems to make sense at this point in time. Because uh, we still have Elimination Chamber uh, between Super Showdown and WrestleMania where something may happen between there. Or if Miz and Morrison win, we get a rematch between... The New Day, Miz and Morrison, or Uzos versus Miz and Morrison at Elimination Chamber. Uh, what else we got? The Tawaki Tawaki Trophy Gauntlet Match. Whatever. A gauntlet match for some trophy. Um, participants include Styles, Lashley, Andrade, Rusev, R-Truth, and Eric Rowan. So is Andrade going to be cleared to wrestle on this? I guess so. Why the hell is our truth in this? Why the hell not? I mean, I'm not bad, <laughs> but like, it's just weird. I know. It's like, out of everyone, like, he, he's the one that doesn't seem to fit. So, and Rowan. Like, why is Rowan in this matchup? So, but, um, I don't think I can see Styles winning this. Yeah. Styles wins the gauntlet match, gets put up there with uh, Gallows and Anderson as the best tag team in the world. No, I can I can see it. Well, they'll probably do something stupid and have Lashley win it. Very possible too. Or even better, our truth. 
You know, R-Truth running around with that trophy. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, we're getting Baron Corbin versus Roman Reigns again. This time would be inside a steel cage. Uh, Roman for the win. I mean, it seems like the most logical thing to do. <clears throat> Especially since he's winning the Elimination Chamber. Uh, Braun will be defending the Intercontinental, his newly won Intercontinental Championship against Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, Braun is definitely retaining that one. And then Bailey defending against Naomi. In the uh, first um, uh, women's, women's championship. championship match in uh, Saudi Arabia. Second overall women's match. So. That for sure. But, um, I definitely see Bailey retaining over Naomi. Oh, uh, by the way, since I know you didn't watch SmackDown tonight, uh, they did a uh, they did a Symphony of Destruction match on SmackDown tonight. Yeah. The hell. So basically, it was a uh, Falls Count Anywhere, uh, no rules basically, and there's a bunch of like musical instruments out in the ring, of course, and it was Braun and. Elias versus Cesaro and Nakamura. Okay, here's my first problem with this match. Okay, they both, one of them starts in the ring on both sides and they're sitting on the apron. It's a no disqualification match. What the fuck is their tags for? It should have been a tornado match. Oh, well, I don't understand. <laughs> oh my god. <clears throat> but Braun did, uh, uh, hit, uh, the running power slam on Nakamura onto a piano to pick up the win, which is great. Alrighty then. It's quite great. Sounds like it. Yes, it was. Okay. So that's uh it's gonna wrap up our get in the ring segment. Um so stay tuned, we'll be back after this brief word from one of our sponsors. Uh we come back, we're gonna continue our Celebration of Black History Month with a look at one of an underrated superstar, um, NXT trainer, Black Magic, screaming Norman Smiley. So stay tuned. We'll give you a rundown of his career and all that and a fun uh, match recommendation for you. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. We're basically going to run down, um, not run down, but we're going to continue our Black History Month celebration. Uh, basically, what we've been doing the last couple weeks is picking one of the um, African-American superstars and giving a, a brief rundown of their career, championship accomplishments, and a match recommendation. Um, we've done the Junkyard Dog, Mark Henry, and this week, uh, my pick was Norman Smiley. Uh, if you're not familiar with Norman Smiley, um, he pretty much made a big name for himself um, throughout the, the 90s, 97 to 2001 in WCW. Um, but he is English-American, um, retired professional wrestler, 
best known for his time in Mexico CMLL promotion, uh, where he held the World Heavyweight Championship title, and is also known for his appearances with World Championship Wrestling, WCW, like I said, from 97 to 2001, uh, where he found more prominence in his career in WCW's Hardcore Division, where he uh, had garnered the nickname Screaming Norman Smiley. Um, if you don't remember any of this stuff, you can check it out on, of course, the WWE Network. Um, <laughs> basically, they threw him into a hardcore match for some unknown reason as part of a storyline. And he spent the entire match like screaming and crying. And Bobby Heenan, <laughs> just out of nowhere, it's like, is he crying? Is, is he crying? Norman, there's no crying in wrestling. <laughs> like and he's literally in the ring getting beat. I think with a garbage can. <laughs> and it was one of the one of the best things, and it just took off. So like every week, Norman would come out and he'd be in a hardcore match. He eventually did win the WCW Hardcore title, um, but he'd come out in like different types of like. I think one week he came out in like hockey gear, like straight up hockey jersey, shoulder pads, knee pads, all this stuff, um, football gear, baseball gear, like. All different types of padding. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was very entertaining. And, you know, Norman will pretty much be remembered for his stint in WCW. But he's a very technically gifted wrestler um, who was trained by Carl Gotch and uh, Boris and Dean Malenko. So, yeah, I didn't know that, that Dean Malenko was actually one of his trainers, which was pretty cool. Um, so he did wrestle for... CMLL, like I said, WCW. He did have some stints in um, TNA, ECW. Um, never wrestled for WWE, but he is currently employed WWE and as one of the trainers for the Performance Center. Um, Norman Smiley did hold championships that he held, of course, were the CML World Heavyweight Championship and the WCW Hardcore Championship. Some of his notable feuds, um, mainly coming out of WCW, was one half of the Nasty Boys, Brian Nobbs, Ming, and Terry Funk. So, pretty awesome stuff there. You can check out any of the hardcore matches. They're just absolutely great. Um, there was one point where they did team him up with the Kiss Demon. And uh, they actually painted Norman Smiley up like the Demon. And he came out like to his music, Norman Smiley's actual music, and but had all the Demon Pyro and stuff. And it was just... Like, they kept referring to him as the Screaming Demon throughout the entire match. It was great. Um, but one of the big rec match recommendations that really showcases Norman's in-ring ability um, was from WCW Thunder. It was January 21st, 1999. It was Norman Smiley versus Booker T. Um, which, uh, one other thing Norman Smiley was known for was the big wiggle. Um, which he did quite frequently during some of his matches, which... Once you see it, it's amazing and it's hilarious. <laughs> um, but that is this week's um, focus on Black History Month. Uh, Norman Smiley, go ahead, check them out on WWE Network, um, YouTube, what have you. Just Google search Norman Smiley. Get yourself some education. So that's our Black History Month segment. Um, let's get into, um, as always, my favorite segment, Push. Fire Barry. 
And I believe it is your turn to go first. This Isn't week. it my turn? Yeah. I thought it was your turn. Well, it was my turn last week. What? I don't remember. Shit. I have no theme this week. We're just doing uh, random superstars. Just uh, names that came to the top of our head. So we got about like 20 something. some odd names. So. They're all going to be hard because they're all people I fucking like. <laughs> so uh, your yep. first one is yeah. Seth Rollins, yeah. the Monday Night Messiah. That's starting bad already. <laughs> Number two, Randy Orton. Jesus Christ. My favorite, like, <laughs> top five, two rest. And the random drawing 5,000 is not playing today. Oh, Number Jesus three, Tommaso Ciampa. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this one is actually a pretty easy one for me. Well, of course it is for you. You don't <laughs> fucking like Orton. Which is sad because that's who I'm going to fire, too. I'm going to the other two. I like Orton when they have direction for his character. They had direction for his character now. He's beating the shit out of fucking Matt Hardy, and that's great. He I'm killed just... Matt Hardy. <laughs> Matt Hardy is dead. <laughs> he is in he is in his chair of wheels. <laughs> he literally tried to kill Matt Hardy. And almost I think <laughs> he did, succeeded. You didn't see that picture, did you? No. He posted a picture of like this like fucking like handmade out of wood fucking wheelchair he's in. And he was like, I am in my chair of wheels. <laughs> uh, a few more weeks and Matt Hardy will be free of his WWE contract. So we'll see where he lands. But uh, yeah, push fire Barry. Well, I'm going to have to bury Ciampa and push Rollins. So. And fire Orton. Fire Orton. See, mine would have been push Ciampa. <laughs> Fire Rollins and Barry Orton. Of course you would have. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Random Tron 5000. You're gonna get Let's see what you're going to give me. One name on there that you're going to fire. No dupes. So we got Johnny Gargano. <laughs> Johnny Wrestling. Uh, number two, Sami Zayn. Number three, mm. <laughs> is that Roman Reigns? <laughs> oh, well, man, firing. fire Roman Reigns. Yep. Um, Barry Sami Zayn pushed Johnny Gargano. Well, that was easy as no. shit. A little easier. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's move into trivia. So last week's trivia question was, which of the following was not a member of the Heenan family in the WWF? Choices you had were Big John Stud, Harley Race, the Brooklyn Brawler, and the Warlord. If your answer was the Warlord, like always, give yourself that good old-fashioned Barry Horowitz pat on the back because you are correct. Uh, this week's question, which WWE Hall of Famer made an appearance in the 1990 movie Problem Child? If you think you know the answer, you can go ahead and comment on any posts on social media promoting this week's episode, or you can go ahead and send us an email at askwrestlegeddon at gmail.com, and make sure you put it in the subject line, episode 30, trivia answer. So yeah, that, I think that's going to that's be a tough one. I don't think anybody's going to get it. Mm, you know, maybe. Without Googling it. 
without Googling it, yeah. If you Google it, you're a cheater and you're only doing a disservice to yourself. Yep. Don't be a cheater. Don't be a bitch. (laughs) All right. So we're going to get into the uh, Q&A. We got a couple more audio submissions. Um, Sister Mildred. Sister Mildred is doing well. We have not heard from Sister Mildred in a while. Uh, We're going to go ahead and insert her audio question now. Hey, babies. This is Sister Mildred calling from the Buena Vista Baptist Church. Just letting you guys know that I still love you. I ain't called in because I've been sick. My sugar's been low and my blood pressure's been sky high. But anyways, I wanted to talk to you guys because I think I was going to have y'all's 30th episode. Back in my 30s, we used to hang out at the arena and wait on old nature boy Ric Flair to come out. All the girls, we had to wait in line, hoping to get a chance to talk with old Ric Flair. And the one thing we liked the most about Ric Flair was that old strut. It was the one that was similar to old Lucky Fargo's. What Sister Mildred wants to know is, what was y'all's favorite strip from a wrestler in wrestling? Thanks again, babies, and I love you too. I'm keeping y'all on my prayers, along with that old skateboard kid 77. Because that boy needs some Jesus in his life. Alright, babies. Bye-bye. Alright. <laughs> Uh, Sister Mildred, uh, <laughs> we definitely agree that skateboard kid definitely needs some Jesus in his life. Any Darby Allen fan needs some Jesus in their life. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> to get to your question about favorite strut, which wrestler has <clears throat> our favorite strut? I mean, most of them have been similar. Like, yeah, Ric Flair. Jeff Jarrett. Um, about the only two that come to mind that actually had like any type of like in-ring strut, but um, Charlotte, which essentially is Ric Flair's. That's kind of that's kind of a tough question there, Sister Mildred. But um, as we're thinking about it, we're glad that you're feeling better. That glad you are. got your got your sugars sugars in line, and hopefully your blood pressure's down. Hopefully a skateboard kid didn't get your blood pressure through the roof with his stupid Darby Allen questions. So, um, I'm Ric Flair. Honestly, it probably has the most iconic. Yeah, I mean, definitely out most there. iconic. I mean, I, I I'm with you. Like, I can't think of anybody who has like a a strut outside of his because most anyone else that does like imitate Ric Flair. So, and um. I'm glad you got to wait on the uh, the longest line, uh, you know, oldest 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 ride, longest line, as uh, Nature Boy would say. So I'm <laughs> now, glad you waited in line, Sister Mildred. I'm not trying to question your, um, how do you say, Christianity or your um, character. But were you waiting and really waiting in line to talk to Ric Flair, or were you waiting in line to ride Space Mountain? Woo, woo! Because we know what you were doing. <laughs> we know. 
Oh, that was, that was a hell of a time, Sister Mildred. It's a hell of a time. Your 30s, right? But keep it real. So hopefully, um, let us know when you got another cakewalk coming up because I could use some cake. And we'll uh, definitely donate to the building fund. <laughs> Thank you for that question, though. Um, next question. Uh, we're going to go ahead and insert that audio in here. Hey, guys. Jeff, sorry for whispering. My parents are asleep right now. I don't want to wake them up because my dad gets pissed. But anyways, did y'all see the um, AEW action figures that came out uh, this week on Dynamite? What a fucking disaster, man. That was a train wreck, right? Chris Jericho, six-pack abs. Like, I ain't had six-pack abs in, like, 15 years. Well, I feel a little like 15 years, but, uh, anyways. Uh, besides the ones that were revealed, uh, which action figures are you most looking forward to as far as other superstars? Like, uh, I know, like, uh, everybody wants to see, like, the Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus. Uh, so just let me know, guys. Alright, bye. All right. Thank you, Jeff, for that question. Um, yes, and it has been a little under 15 years since Jericho has actually had some abs. But um, he hits the gym quite a bit, though. You know, when you get older, it's kind of hard to maintain a, a muscular physique. That is for sure. You need proof of that. Talk to Goldberg. Well, he does like to uh, partake in a little bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. Which is not helping his uh, workout routine. Which, if you need to buy a bottle, I'm sure they're not available on a uh, little bit of bubbly.com. Little bit of the bubbly. Okay. Little bit of the bubbly. Okay. We love you, Otis. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, Jeff, the AEW figures, like, we we, don't, we talked about them earlier during their. Um, our figure new segment, but um, outside of like Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, um, Pentagon, Phoenix, I mean, I'm I would love to see some figures of SCU, like Scorpio Sky, Frankie, Christopher Daniels. Um, I I, just, I don't remember Scorpio Sky one has never had a figure that I that I can recall. I don't even think Figures Toy Company has made a figure of them. Um, Kazarian has had a figure from Figures Toy Company. Daniels has had a figure from Impact from TNA when he was there in that um, his Fallen Angel gimmick in TNA. Actually, I think he had a couple figures. Um, I would love to see some SCU figures, um, some best friends. You know, because we talked about me Orange Cassidy getting a figure. How about uh, Chuck Taylor and uh, Trent Beretta? So, you know, Brett had a couple figures before. Chuck Taylor's got a figures toy company one. So, maybe some um, AEW figures for those two guys. So. Yeah, you know. Maybe they'll make some uh, Dark Order figures. Oh, yeah. We'll get a fat-ass evil Uno. <laughs> <laughs> and they come with creepers. Like, each Dark Order figure comes with a little creeper. <laughs> <laughs> or you can just give us, like, a... Like a six-pack of creepers. <laughs> but uh, I know a figure you really... You, you, you haven't said it. And I know you really want it. 
You want a Joey Janela? Just be honest. Oh God, yes! Can we please get a Joey Janela figure? You want a Joey Janela figure? Like you want he a Darby can, Allen figure? He could come in a two pack of like the least wanted figures: <laughs> Joey Janela and Darby Allen. <laughs> yes. And they come with skateboards. I mean, I'll be honest. If you want to do like, like we haven't really talked about like women's wrestlers. I would love like a Chris Statlander. I think that'd oh, be Statlander really, figure would be awesome. That'd be really cool, especially with the way your face paint is. Um, Sakura. Sakura would be pretty cool. Great figure. Um, um, we can get like a Hornswoggle size Riho figure. Um, Britt Baker. <laughs> Britt Baker would be good. Um, if they do like Blade and Butcher figures oh, down the man. road, they could do a, a what's it, Allie, the bunny. Is that her name, Allie? Yeah. I was like, thinking about like the Blade and the Butcher with like their full like ring gear and everything. Yeah, be oh, cool. that'd be amazing. That'd Marco be cool. Stunt, so I can finally have my my fantasy match of Marco Stunt versus Hornswoggle. Um, you know, we get a <laughs> we get a we even talked about like a Dustin Rhodes. Dustin with that that face paint. Yep. I didn't really thought about that. Uh honestly, I would love a Sammy Guevara figure. Sammy would be good. That'd be cool. Was a little panda bear. A little panda bear. <laughs> Little panda bear. Hat. I don't want Lady. no fucking gay ass Jack Hager figure. I uh, nobody wants it. That. Better. I mean, I'd buy it if it said "I'm a little bitch" on the shirt. That'd be about it. But that's the only reason. Only <laughs> Jericho's <way> bitch. <laughs> Jericho's bitch. Yeah, I'd buy it then. Oh. <laughs> yep, yep. There's pretty much sky's the limit because most of these guys in AEW have never had figures before, and like a lot of people have been chomping at the bit to get these. Like, to the point where, like, other people make customs. Like, there's a dude, Mad Reaper. Uh, Mad Reaper Customs on Instagram. Um, if you don't follow him, you should definitely check him out. He makes some wicked customs. Um, he's done Kenny Omega. He's done the Young Bucks. Uh, just phenomenal work that, you know, some of these customizers put in to get figures of, you know, these guys that, you know, we didn't think we'd ever get figures of. But now we have the opportunity for that. Like, I don't even think Omega got a figure in Japan. Probably so, not. I don't remember, though. I thought he had a figure. I, I don't know. Maybe. Wrong. No. I, um, no, he had the um, the Figures Toy Company one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which, you know, Figures Toy Company, they do, they do a good job on a lot of their figures. But some of them are straight garbage. Yep. Um, and I keep going back to that Brian Cage figure because that face scan is so bad. Um. Yeah, but they they keep promoting it like it's the greatest damn thing in the world. But, of course they do. Oh, and then it takes them like fifteen years to put out one damn figure. No, I mean it can't be that difficult when you are reusing Jack's mold for the ruthless aggression figures. Like, come on. Oh, but I'll be honest. I'm like I'm like a the story of like figures. I think it'd be amazing if NWA started making figures. Get like a Nick Aldis, 10 pounds of gold. Let me talk to you. Let me talk to you. I want an Eli Drake Drake figure. James Storm. I would fucking love it. The Eli Drake figure has to talk and he's got to say, let me talk to you, dummy. Yeah. 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 So they make a James Storm. He's got to come with like. So come with a beer. Beer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man, Eli Drake figure would be awesome. Give me a Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks would be a good figure. Yeah. But, um, I don't need yeah. Aaron Stevens, but a question mark would be pretty cool. They take the mask off <laughs> and show Josephus. See? There you go. 
Oh man, you gonna draw Cephas figure and a question mark figure at the same time? It's what you Yo, all want. Yo, Jazz wears. Can you can you get the license for NWA figures too, or someone like someone like out there? Maybe Hasbro. Can you get NWA? <laughs> we'll buy the figures. Somebody needs to scoop them up. So, oh man, but that is gonna wrap up uh, episode thirty. Episode thirty. Episode 30. Amazing that we've made it this far. We love doing this. It's great. That's fun. You know, especially, you know, the first half, first half of the the podcast, you know, the first 15 episodes is basically me talking to myself. I was like, hey, you know what? Maybe I should talk to Garrett and see if he wants to do this too. So I have someone to talk to. So it's not me rambling for 45 minutes about shit. But now you get to listen to us for like almost two hours. Very true. Rambling about shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's like uh, 10 to 15 of you guys that like it, so it's all that matters to us. Well, we went global, though. Uh, we did global. go global, you know. Oh. canadian And that's um, that's big thanks to our good friends at the Chick Foley Podcast, uh, which, you know, we got another shout-out again this week. Really appreciate it. Um, love the podcast. Um, I'm still trying to get Garrett to listen to it, but I listen I, every week. I will get to so. it, I promise. <laughs> But I um, really appreciate it. Uh, means a lot to us over here out of the uh, little old Russell Getting podcast. Um, um, something that we're going to start doing. You've noticed the uh, last couple episodes, we've been adding incorporating some music, different music at the end. Um, last week, we had the uh, Bowling for Soup Alexa Bliss song. Uh, the week before that, I threw in the, uh, the Street Profits theme music. Uh, this week, we're going to continue that. With the superstar theme music of the week, and you can enjoy the sweet, sweet sound of MJF's theme music as we go off the air. So, make sure you hold your little pinky fingers out. Hold your pinkies up. Yes. <laughs> I'm Christy Heat Matthews. He's Garrett G Money Mon. Thank you all for listening. We are tapping out, and we'll talk to you again next week. Yeah. Yeah. Dummy.